Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Faith for My Generation podcast. I'm your host, AJ. I'm so glad you're listening today. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the faithful. The faith, maybe this is the first time you're listening. Who are the faithful? The faithful are those who listen to this podcast. Not just faithful to listen. Who are the faithful? Those that have faith in Christ Jesus. Those that have committed and yielded themselves and everything they are to Christ. You're part of the faithful. If you believe in Jesus... If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've received him as Lord, you're part of the faithful. You are part of the faithful. Hey, we're in episode two or part two, second episode in this series, Who is This Jesus? If you didn't catch the first episode, I would highly advise you to go back and listen. Just scroll up to the previous episode. Who is this Jesus, the bread of life? We're in episode two, part two of this seven-episode short series. We're going through the I Am statements in the book of John. We looked at last time, I'm not going to go over everything we talked about last time, because again, if you you missed episode one of this series, Who is this Jesus? Go back and listen. But briefly, we looked at the book of Exodus where Moses, he's called by God to deliver the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. And one of the things that Moses says, he says, they're going to ask your name. They're going to say, who sent you? And I'm going to, what am I going to say? And God says, tell them, I am that I am sent you. I am that I am. So fast forward, we see Jesus in the book of John, he makes seven I am am statements. Seven I am statements. And when last week we looked at the first one, which was, I am the bread of life. Jesus stated, I am the bread of life. We dealt with how he satisfies spiritual hunger. He he satisfies spiritual hunger. And then we also dealt with how do you receive this bread? Just like you would sit down at a table to eat supper. Well, how do you receive the bread of life? Through the Word of God, by the Holy Spirit. So now here we are, episode two of this series, Who is this Jesus? We're looking at the second I am statement in the book of John. In fact, I need to get there. It's John chapter eight. If you want to follow along in your Bible, I would... I'd love that. I think that would be a good habit. I know a lot of y'all that are listening, you're listening when you're traveling, you're listening when you're cutting the grass, you're listening when you're working out. But if you're able to turn, if not, later on in the day during your Bible time, Bible reading time, go and check it out. John chapter 8, verse 12. We see here, before we get to verse 12, we see that these scribes and Pharisees, they catch a woman in adultery. Now, my first question is this. These scribes and Pharisees who are pretending to be so holy, but they're not because they hate Jesus. They, they, they say they're looking for the Messiah, but when he shows up right in front of their face, they can't even see him for their dead religiosity. They bring this adulterous woman to Jesus, 
and they say, hey, we caught this woman in adultery right in the very act. My question, first off, is how did they know she was in the act of adultery? How did they know? Is it because maybe she was a harlot and they knew her more ways than one? Nonetheless, they bring this woman who's committing adultery, who's caught in the act. They bring her to Jesus, and Jesus says, Jesus says, well, they say to Jesus, in the, in the law, Moses said we have, would have to command her and stone her. And Jesus says, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her. Now, what does this truth that Jesus reveals do to these accusers? It convicts them. The Word of God always convicts the heart of the hearer, for good and bad. For good and bad. What I mean by that? The Word of God will convict you to grow. You know, every time I open up the Bible, I realize I've got more to learn. I've got more to understand. I've got more to receive from the Lord. There's, God wants to take me further. Smith Wigglesworth, a mighty man of faith, he said that God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. And that's true. God is loving. He's kind. He's merciful. And he has great things planned for you. Jeremiah 29, speaking to the Israelites, but also to anyone who has faith, the plans that God has is to prosper those that believe on him, he wants to give them a plan of hope, a good plan to prosper them. And oftentimes when I open up my Bible, I realize, look, Lord, you want so much more for me. Help me. Help me get further along down the path of faith. Help me get further down the road on the path of faith. But the Word of God also convicts of sin. You know, there's some people that hear the Word of God and it twists and turns in their, in their hearts and it, it, draw, it brings to light what they thought was hidden in darkness. John chapter 3, Jesus makes that point. He says, I'm the light of the world. I've come to bring salvation, not condemn it. The world's already condemned in sin. But there's a lot of people that don't want to get near to me because I'm the light of the world, and if they get near to me, what they've done in the dark will be revealed. But true godly sorrow will bring you to repentance. What is true godly sorrow? It's realizing against God alone I've sinned. Psalms 51, David writes this psalm as anointed by the Holy Ghost after he has committed adultery and then tried to cover up adultery with Bathsheba by killing her husband. So he, he commits the sin of adultery and tries to cover it up with the sin of murder. Talk about digging the hole even deeper. Then the prophet Nathan, notice this, the prophet Nathan comes to David and he gives this story. There's a rich man who has a lot of sheep and he goes out into the village and he takes one lamb from a family who only has one lamb. He takes their one lamb that they've bottle-fed, that they've grown, that they've raised from birth, and he slaughters it and kills it. And David said, this is, this is heartless. How could someone be so heartless and do this? How could someone be so mean and cruel to take from this poor family? And Nathan says, you're the one that did it. Of course, it's, a, it's an analogy of how he took another man's wife... 
and then killed the man trying to cover it up. And David then repents. Now, he loses his son. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. But David and Bathsheba becomes pregnant from this sin of adultery, and he loses that child. That child dies. And he repents to God, and he writes Psalms 51, which he, which he says, you know, Create in me, Lord, a clean heart. Remove not your spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of salvation. But he also makes this point in Psalms 51. You, in fact, let me read it instead of just trying to go off memory because I'll end up paraphrasing it, and I'd rather just read it point blank to you. Psalms 51, this prayer of repentance. Let me find the verse here. Verse 3, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Verse 4, Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. See, that's the thing. When you sin, though it may be against another person, David did. He obviously sinned against himself, Bathsheba. Her husband, Uriah, his son that would die. But at the root of it, sin is against God. And I had someone here, I'm still, um, as I'm recording this episode, I'm streaming on TikTok as well. Some people say, they, they'll say, you know, why, why should I need to repent? Because if you sin, you need to make, you need to repent for what's done wrong. And they don't want to believe that. And then some people say, well, if God's so loving, why would he send someone to hell? Because I've sinned against him. I've transgressed his law. And when I had the opportunity to repent, I shunned it. I pushed him away. The very one that came to save me from my sin, I refused. John 3, 17, after the most popular, well-known verse of all, John 3, 16. John 3, 17, Jesus said, I'm not coming to the earth to condemn it, but to save it, because the world's already under the condemnation of sin. And so Jesus is making this point, going back to John 3, people, some people don't want to get close to me because what they've done in the dark will be revealed in the light. That takes us to John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, because this woman who's caught in adultery is brought before him. The men say, let's stone her. Jesus said, okay, go ahead and stone her. But he who has not sinned, let him be the one to throw the stone first. What happens? They're convicted by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God. No one throws a stone because they've all sinned. The Bible tells us plainly, all have fallen short, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. But if you keep reading, when you believe on Jesus... You receive the gift of salvation, and you're made the righteousness of God. Though you were dead in sin, when you believe on Jesus, you're made a brand new creation. And all the things that you did that were wrong, that were sinful, that, you, that you're ashamed of, that you hope no one ever even finds out, you wouldn't dare tell someone about it. You're washed clean by the blood of Jesus. You're made brand new. That's the gift of salvation. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. The paycheck for the work of sin is death. But the gift of a God is eternal life. 
Christ has come to give you eternal life. Christ has come to free you from your sin. In John 3, I've mentioned it so many times. Let me just say that verse out loud. John 3, verse 19. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Jesus is the light of the world in many regards because he exposes sin. So that's what he did to these men. Well, we caught this woman in adultery. Moses says we should stone her to death. Jesus said, yes. And he who is without sin, let him throw the first stone. They all drop their stones, they leave. Jesus says to the woman, woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Now notice, Two parts, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. A lot of people like that first part. I don't condemn you. Well, bless God, Jesus didn't condemn her. He didn't. He gave her an opportunity to repent. And then he says, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Leave, leave the life of sinning. True grace, let me just say this. A lot of people think that grace undoes, 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 that's not a word, undoes the penalty of sin. It does, but it does not undo the continual habitual practice of sinning. How can you have the life of God in you and then continually practice, continually practice sin? If you love Jesus... And I believe you do. That's why you're listening. You don't want to continue in sin. You want to be free from it. You're like that man, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. If there's anything in me that's not like you, remove it. We're going to get to, it's actually going to be the last episode, part seven of this series, Who is This Jesus? When Jesus said he's the true vine. But part of being connected to the true vine is this. As a branch, you bear fruit. And God wants you to bear more fruit. And, the, and one of the ways you bear more fruit is by being pruned. You know, you've got shrubs. When you trim those shrubs or cutting grass, when you cut grass, does that grass ever grow back? You don't cut it one time your whole life. If you go outside in your front yard and cut your yard, it's going to grow back. Depending on the rain, weekly, daily, it's growing. Every week, every two weeks, you're going to have to cut it, Right? So it's that simple. You continue. You continue growing in the things of God. You continue staying in His will and His way. And if you're part of the true vine, you're going to have to be pruned so that you can grow more. As a branch connected to the true vine, He's going to prune. What does He prune? Anything that doesn't produce fruit. Anything that's dead. Any de And I pray that all the time. Lord, I'm a branch connected to you, the true vine. And if there's any death in me, if there's anything dead, what's dead? Anything that's not of faith, anything that's not believing. Lord, if there's any dead parts in this branch, clip it away, prune it away. But that's episode seven of this series. We're on episode two. Who is this Jesus, the light of the world? So Jesus, he gets to this woman. This woman, he tells her, You're, I forgive you, go and sin no more. Now, if Jesus told her that, 
He would empower her to do it. If Jesus commands you to live holy, he's going to empower you to live holy. 1 Peter 1.16, be holy even as I'm holy. He's not going to command you to be holy and then say, "Ah, you know what, it's up to you. If you haven't listened to the interview with Preston Shuttlesworth, the second one I did on the podcast channel, go and listen to it. I think I, I think I labeled it, man, I wish I could bring it up. Uh, I'm using my phone to stream on TikTok, and I'm using my iPad to record. But I think it's the power of holiness. But it's the most recent episode that I did with Evangelist Preston Shuttlesworth. And he talks about the power of holiness. He's going to empower you to live holy. He's not going to command you. God will not command you to do something and then leave you to your own self. You know, I'm giving you a calling. Uh, See you later. Hope you do well with it. No, when God calls you to do something, He empowers you to fulfill that call in your life. Now we get to the theme verse for this episode. John 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, he who follows me, will not, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It's very simple. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Now notice this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, 13 and 14 says this, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us or brought us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us, brought us into, transferred us into his kingdom of the son of his love. When you believe on Jesus, you've become an in, you've become an inheritor of light, and you are now light in the world. Jesus is the light of the world, and then Him in you makes you a light unto the world. Colossians 1.12, you're partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You receive your inheritance. Every promise, every provision of the gospel is for every believer. And you receive from God by the light of His truth. The book of Psalms says that the Word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Psalms 119 also says again that the Word of God brings revelation or, or brings understanding. It makes the, wise, the simple wise and brings understanding. The Word of God is like a flashlight. When you open up your Bible, you're opening up the light of God's Word. When you open up the Bible, it's like flipping on the light in a dark room. Now you can clearly see. And it's evident that the spirit of error, the spirit of Antichrist, Satan, he rules the minds of people through deception. You look in the world. Why is there so much craziness? Why is there so much nonsense in the world? Because, they're, because people that are dead in sin, they don't have the light and revelation of God's word. But when you believe on Jesus, you don't have to stay in the darkness. You don't have to stay in the darkness. You can come over into the light of truth by believing in Jesus, who is the light of the world. And when you believe on Jesus, you're made 
a partaker. You receive your inheritance, which is light, which is truth, which is understanding, which is wisdom. Notice this, Acts 26, 18. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Paul, he's rehearsing why he's been called to preach the gospel. And he says, one of the reasons I've been called to go to the Gentiles, the reason I'm going into the earth, why am I streaming on TikTok? Why am I making podcast episodes? Why am I using everything that's available to me to tell people about Jesus? Because I want people to have their eyes opened in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by the faith. That's why I believe on Jesus. That's why I tell people about Christ. Because I want you to receive Jesus. How do you receive Jesus? How do you believe on Christ, those that are listening on TikTok right now? It's simple. Confess Jesus is Lord, believing in your heart that He's the risen Son of God, and you'll be saved. The Bible says that you'll become, and if anyone be in Christ, He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all has become new. You want a brand new start? Does a brand new start sound good? Believe on Jesus. Believe on Jesus. Amen. Uh, Most future me? Yeah, God is light. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that. That God is light, and so are we light. We've been made the light of the world. Now notice this. What do you need light for? Well, there's a couple reasons. Jesus is the light of the world, and that's a good thing for a couple reasons. One, light gives you direction in life. Naturally speaking, if you're out walking through the woods at night and it's dark, what do you need? You need a flashlight. You flip on the flashlight on your phone. Maybe you're out camping, so you have a a good handheld flashlight. you got a mag light. I don't think there's a better flashlight than, than mag lights. Mag lights are like the best flashlights there are. And they're so big you can use them as a self-defense weapon. (laughs) They're so bright. But you're walking through the woods at night and it's dark. You flip on a flashlight. You walk into your bedroom at night getting ready for bed. You turn on the lamp so that you can see. I said mag light. Someone's writing, MAGA light? Oh no, MAGA. Mag light. M-A-G. A lot of police officers carry it. A lot of first responders carry them. But you need light because you need to know where to go. <laughs> that was funny. Someone just said I flipped the bird on the TikTok stream. That's funny. Psalms thirty-seven twenty-three. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. You need Christ in your life and the truth of His Word in your life because you need direction. You need to know how to live this life. You're not going to be able to live this life. (laughs) I'm sorry, podcast family. If you're not following me on TikTok, you got to. Someone just asked me, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are, I'm a dude. Considering there's two to pick from, male or female, God created male and female. I am a male. Jesus is the light of the world, and He gives you direction. He shows you how to live this life. He shows you how to love 
God. He shows by the way of his example and by the truth of his word, he gives you direction and understanding. God will order your steps. And if God is ordering your steps, he's going to take you along the path of provision, the path of peace, and the path of victory. And James chapter 1 says, even if you experience some pushback, if you experience some, some opposition, count it all joy. It's just an opportunity to prove that God's word is true and to bring glory unto God and to win another victory for Christ. It's that simple. Another reason why it's a good thing that Jesus, the light of the world, is the light of the world. 1 John 1, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 and 5 through 7 says this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says this. This is the message which we had heard from him and declare to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's that simple. When you walk in the light of Christ, you have fellowship with one another and with Christ. But if you walk in darkness, we do not have fellowship. God is light. And if you're going to walk with him, you have to walk in light. You have to walk in truth. What did Jesus say? You want to worship me? You, might, you want to worship God? Worship God in spirit and in truth. You can't worship God in a lie. You can't worship God in deception. You can't worship God deceived. You can only, you can only worship God in truth. And that, again, that's why it's so important to understand who God is by the framework of of the Word of God, by the truth of God's Word. When you understand who He is according to His Word, by the teaching of the Holy Spirit, you can then truly worship Him. But if you don't know Him, how can you worship Him? You know, my wife and I, we, have, we know one another. My wife knows me better than any person on the planet. And I her. And so I can honor her. I can love her. I can draw close to her because I know her. I know her. I know her. I know what she likes. I want to surprise her. I know what to surprise her with. Maybe I have to pick like the specific thing I'm getting, getting her, but I know what she likes and what she doesn't like. If I love her, I know how to show her that love. I know her love language. She knows mine. And so the fruitfulness of our relationship, the strength of our relationship is based on our knowledge of one another. The fruitfulness and the strength of your relationship with God is based on your knowledge of Him. I said this last episode in this series, and the prophet said in the Old Testament, it's either Haggai or Habakkuk. He said, my people is, I think it's Habakkuk. 
He said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Maybe the trollers on TikTok can Google it for me. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. You can't, you can't worship God if you don't know that he's healer. How can you worship him as healer if you don't know that he's a healer? How can you worship and celebrate him as provision and provider if you don't know that he's a provider? How can you have peace and receive peace from him and worship him as he is peace in your life unless you know that he's Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace? And so you're limited greatly by your knowledge. And so open up the Bible. Open up the Bible and receive the light, the truth of God, so that you can know Him well. And I'm going to read it because I mentioned it earlier in this episode. Psalms 119, a lot of y'all probably committed this to memory. Maybe you didn't grow up as in, a, in a church or as a Christian. So what would I say to you? Commit it to memory now. This is a great, great Verse to commit to memory. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Everyone that's listening on TikTok, type that in. The word of God is a light. Use a, I'm sure they have a, a flashlight emoji. That'll look cool. The word of God is a light. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalms 37. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. Psalms 119, 130. The entrance of your words give light and gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of the word of God will give you understanding. You won't understand how this world works apart from the word of God. You won't truly understand why things happen in the earth unless you understand the Word of God, because the Word of God is going to tell you. You know, the God, little g of this world, rules the minds of men through deception, through lies, through deceit, through fear, through unbelief. So that's why people do craziness. They're dead in sin. You know, Jesus said that in the last days they will kill Christians. They'll kill believers, and they'll think they're doing God a service. They'll think that God will doing God a service. For killing the very people he sent. You won't understand why things happen in nations. Because you won't know that principalities and powers rule and manipulate. You won't, you won't pray against those things. Knowing that we have authority as a Christian to pray the will of God into the earth. You won't know that we have authority as a, as a believer to pray the will of God into the earth. And receive from God by prayer. And to shake a nation through the power of prayer and the power of preaching the gospel unless you open up your Bible. But when you open up the Bible, you see the truths of God's Word and it gives light. It gives understanding. You just turned on the flashlight. And for me, that's good. That's good because I am simple. I need understanding. I need understanding. Now, I want to finish here. Ephesians chapter 5. I didn't have this written down, but someone in the comments sparked this in my memory. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are the light, excuse me, now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 9, For the fruit of the Spirit is, 
is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Notice that, verse 10. How do you find out what is acceptable to the Lord? By the light of His Word. Verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. When you believe on Jesus, you're brought, we read it in Colossians chapter 1, you're translated, you're brought, you're transferred from darkness into light, from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of His dear Son. You once were, Ephesians 5, 8, darkness, but now you are light. Notice that. You, when you believe on Jesus, the light of the world makes you light. So walk as a child of light. Walk as a child of light. Be somebody that can show the way to life. Be someone that really studies the Word and knows the Word of God so that they can answer questions that people have. Be someone that can lead someone else in faithfulness to God in a strong Christian walk. I'm a husband. I want to lead my wife well in the things of God. I'm a father. I'm going to lead my daughter and future children well in the things of God. I'm a pastor. I want to lead my congregation into the things of God. I'm doing this podcast. I want them to be good episodes that are full of the Word, that, that are full of truth. I want to lead you, the faithful, and the things of God. I'm streaming on TikTok so that I can lead people to Christ. You are light in the Lord. In the Lord, not of your own self. It's not some New Age theology. In the Lord. You're not light on your own. But in Christ, you are light in the Lord. So walk as a child of light. And if you are light, what, what, what takes place? Verse 11, you expose the unfruitful works of darkness. You expose unfruitful works of darkness. You expose them. It's by the nature. Light by its nature exposes darkness. At no point in time have you ever flipped the switch in a room and the darkness slowly left the room. When you flip the switch on the light switch, light comes on, darkness is gone. You've never walked into your bedroom, turned on the light, the lamp and turn on the light in your bedroom and the darkness said, ah, you know what? I actually, I'm going to stay around for a little bit more. I'm going to, I'm going to inhabit this room a little bit more. No, the moment you flip the light on, darkness is gone. It exposes it. You know, my daughter, she loves playing with blocks, and she's got all these little farm animals. And some, we always got to make a point, because when she goes through a room, it looks like a whirlwind. She's two, or about to be two, growing up so fast. And so she plays with all these different toys that she has. And we do our best to, to clean them up at the end of the day, and we're teaching her to clean them up. But sometimes they don't all get picked up. And so I'm an early riser. I wake up early in the morning, and it's dark. The sun hasn't come up. I'm not going to flip on all the lights in the house and wake up my wife and my daughter. So I go downstairs to start my prayer time, make some coffee. And every now and then, every now and then, when I miss a toy or she misses a toy to pick it up, and I step on that joker, man, does that hurt. 
Now, why did I step on the toy that's in the middle of the floor in plain sight? Because it was in the dark. It was in the dark. If I had flipped on the light, which, my, of course, I don't, so I don't wake people up, but obviously if you flip the light on, that giant Lego in the middle of the living room floor is very easy to see. But you can't see it if it's in the dark. When you as light in the Lord, when you're on the job, when you're in your community, when you're with your family, when you're with your friends, you expose darkness. The very nature, the very nature of Christ in you reveals that which is not true. It exposes the works of darkness. That's what Jesus did. That's what the whole ministry of Jesus was, to expose the works of darkness, to bring people to repentance so that people might hear and know the way to life and salvation. Jesus is the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You want the light of life? Follow Jesus. You want to follow Jesus? Well, that means you're not going to walk in darkness. You're going to walk in the light of God's truth, who is Christ Jesus. Christ is the embodiment of truth and the embodiment of life. Because we read it, 1 John 1, God is light. God's light. And when you receive Jesus, you receive his light. You receive the light of life. I just thought about this. Jesus says, but have the light of life. That's the last part of John 8, 12. But have the light of life. If you flip to John 1, John chapter 1, it says this, verse 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. The light of Christ Jesus cannot, will not ever be overcome by darkness. It is but a short period of time that Satan has an opportunity to deceive people and keep people in darkness. It's but for a short period in time that you and I have the opportunity to lead people to Christ. It's but for a short period of time that there is grace and time for repentance. Now is the time to repent. Now is the time to believe on Jesus. Now is to do the work of the Lord. Jesus said this. I'm still thinking about this with light. Jesus said, I do the work of the Father while there is still light. For darkness is coming, and when it's dark, no man shall work. There's a period of time to shine the light of gospel truth and the light of Christ, and that time's now. Amen. I just someone on on TikTok just said that Jesus saved them from witchcraft. There it is. The light of Christ poured into this person's heart, and they saw the, the it exposed the darkness of witchcraft, and they were saved from it. Praise God. That's real life. People can mock, make fun, but when it's all said and done, real life is life in Christ. It's living in the light of His truth. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined me again on the Faith for My Generation podcast. Make sure you join me next Thursday for the third installment of this seven-episode series, Who Is This Jesus? If this is the first episode you listened to, go back to the week before to listen to the first episode. And of course, every Monday, I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. 
If you've not subscribed, subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time listening. I would love and greatly appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star review. It helps me get out in front of more people, not just for the sake of people seeing me, but for the sake of people hearing the good news of Christ Jesus. If you're listening and you've never believed on Jesus, it's this simple. Believe in your heart that He is the risen Son of God. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you are a Christian, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I pray that the Holy Ghost come on you with power and might, that you be bold to tell people for, about Christ and live holy unto Him. In Jesus' name. And remember, we are the faithful. See you next time. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.